Welcome to the audio edition of the Richland Chronicle for March the 10th, 2020. Your readers today are Victor Carter and I am Alison Doherty. And today, slightly different start, looking on the cover page of the Richland Chronicle, a weekly student publication, we have some headlines. Super Tuesday gets out the vote. That will be on page five. Biden campaign comes to Dallas, page two. SGA convenes at Richland, page three. And get that bread. There is a job fair on campus. You can read all about it on page six. So today we're starting on page two with local news. Biden rallies voters. And this is by Ryan Bingham Duff online slash special projects. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden filled the hall at his campaign rally at Gillies Entertainment Complex the night before the Super Tuesday primary election in Dallas. The event attracted a variety of spectators inside and outside the hall. Several people standing in line outside the venue were chanting letters in to no avail. Bobby Aptahi voted for Biden in the primary election. He's been our vice president. He's been our senator. He's our elder statesman. He has what it takes to bring the country back together again, Aptahi said, adding that he believed Biden was the only candidate who could defeat President Ronald J. Donald J. Trump. Becky Freeman, an investment banker with the Royal Bank of Canada, and her husband George, a civil litigation defense attorney, said they planned to vote for Biden the following morning. No question about it, they both replied when asked if, the Bi- if Biden has what it takes to be the next president of the United States. We have searched our souls and we have backed somebody we'd love forever, Joe Biden, George Freeman said. Becky then chimed in, saying, What sets Joe apart is that he has a heart for the marginalized people, and we need that in America today. 15-year-old Rowlett High School student Julian Brown Griffin stood outside the venue, sporting a Biden t-shirt. I feel like this event really just expresses how Biden feels about the people, how personally he gets with them, he said. Griffin said that he attended this rally out of his own interest and not for a school project. Although he is not old enough to vote, he was ecstatic to be at the event. Griffin said he felt like the Democrats had good momentum and held out the hope that the state could turn, quote, blue. Not all who attended the rally were in support of Biden. Daniel Nego, a server at Perry's Steakhouse and Grill, held a picket sign while chanting the same words, Only Bernie Beats Trump. He said he was there, hopefully to inspire a few people who might be on the fence, maybe some moderate Democrats, to swing them over to Sanders. I figure that one thing in common that we have here is that we all want that guy, Trump, gone, he said. Nigo admitted that he was not supporting Biden, saying, I'm a socialist. Defense attorney Calvin Johnson partially agreed with Nigo, saying he, Biden, has the best chance of beating Trump. 
I'm a moderate, he's a moderate, and he, Biden, is not for these extreme ideas that Trump has in place now. I want somebody who's going to regain this, the respectability of our country in the world, Johnson said. I think that people want respectability. Dallas County Commissioner John Wiley Price, who was also leaving the rally, said that he voted for Biden on the first day of early voting. I expect him to be the next president of the United States, Price said. And that was Biden rallies voters on page two by Ryan Bingham Duff online slash special profit. Profits, no projects. Sorry. <laughs> so, Victor, what have you got for us? Okay, thank you, Allison. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> On page three, Texas SGAs hold spring conference at Richland. Nabila Iqbal, staff writer, wrote this article. The Texas Junior College Student Government Association, the TJCSGA, convened its annual Spring Region 2 conference on February the 28th at Richland. The whole school was Mountain View College. TJCSGA is the statewide governing board for all SGAs for two-year and junior colleges throughout Texas. It is divided into six regions. Richland falls under Region 2 along with the rest of the Dallas County Community Colleges, Collin College, Grayson College, and others. Each semester, the executive board for Region 2 organizes two conferences, one in the fall and one in the spring. During the fall conference, students have the opportunity to decide what committees they want to join, select committee chairs, and plan objectives for that school year. During the spring conference, they implement their ideas, propose their final solutions, and advance other changes that they would like to see. This conference basically is preparing our kids for state and it's also leadership development because we put in place educational sessions for those students who are new to this whole process and just want to experience SGA first, said Kelly Sunnestein, coordinator of new student orientation in Richland SGA Advisors. Students attended workshops and committee meetings of their choice. Committees included the Awards Committee, Community Service Committee, Legislative and Resolutions Committee, among others. Workshops mainly focused on public speaking, Robert's Rules of Order, and Media Bias. After lunch, the students gathered for the General Assembly. The Resolutions Committee, led by Richland's Fernando Gonzalez, proposed five resolutions that could be passed and sent to the state. The resolutions included the sustainability of feminine hygiene products and restrooms of every college, education and awareness of mental health on campus, advocacy and education of physical and mental disabilities, establishment of a closed pantry in addition to the already present food pantry, and adoption of stricter measures of to prevent sexual misconduct on campuses. All five resolutions were approved. The schools in attendance were also awarded for their work in different years, including Community Service of the Year, Advisor of the Year, and Student of the Year. Sunstein received the Advisor of the Year Award, 
while Sam Matthew got third place for Student of the Year. It's a huge honor to win Advisor of the Year, says Sonestein. I was very surprised. I mean, all the advisors in the region are phenomenal, and everybody works really, really hard to guide the students. Matthew said that it was thanks to SGA and all the opportunities it presented to him that he was able to win Student of the Year. I am so happy to be called the Student of the Year by TJCSGA, he said. I believe that this has been one of my greatest accomplishments so far this year. In Texas, SGA's whole spring conference at Richland was written by staff writer Nabila Iqbal. Well, thank you very much. And on the same page, some more campus news. Super Tuesday inside the student media newsroom. This is by Sarah Snyder, staff writer. The student media newsroom had an abundance of activity on Super Tuesday. The night primary voting was decided among 14 states, including Texas. The Democratic and Republican ballots featured prospective candidates for officers, ranging from county sheriff to United States president. The primary winners will take on the incumbents in their corresponding races. Two advisors were in the newsroom helping students follow the polls, write scripts and deliver radio reports. Faculty members served as anchors. Support staff produced the show, coordinating teams of reporters in the field. Voters are choosing their representatives to run in different races, and the winners will amass a certain number of delegates for the state and national conventions. It's a numbers game, said Meg Fullwood, learning laboratory, spe- yeah, learning laboratory specialist. Voting is part of our constitutional rights, is part of our responsibility as citizens. The advisors moved among the students, helping them follow the races through various websites. Two televisions in the newsroom were also available to follow results. The races were tracked by student journalists who reported the results. Scripts were constantly being written and updated. As more results rolled in, the tension mounted among who, about who would win. Faculty offered commentary on the radio station. One topic was why it was important for students to partake in the night's activities. I just think the more real-world experience we can provide to students, the better off they are. It's an academic setting. We spend a lot of time talking about how you do things and why you do things. But election night coverage and other hands-on experience gives our students the opportunity to see what it's like doing it for real, said Erica Edwards, Journalism Lead Faculty Program Coordinator. Overall, the Student Media Super Tuesday production proved to be a success for the students. They learned to track polls, report from the field, produce and enjoy the art of the art of providing radio commentary. Students learned a lot about the primary process and how to construct coverage of the real-time election. The November election will prove to be yet another challenge, and Richland students will tackle it again from the newsroom.
Full coverage of the Super Tuesday production is available at richlandstudentmedia.com. And that was Super Tuesday inside the Student Media Newsroom by Sarah Snyder, staff writer. Thank you, Allison. And continuing with more political news, local Democrats celebrate Super Tuesday winners. Alex Ortuno, assistant editor, reported this story. Don't be fooled when somebody says, no, cuenta mi voto, su voto si cuenta. My vote doesn't count, your vote does count. Your vote is your voice, said Hilda Ramirez Duarte, an activist with the League of United Latin American Citizens, known as LULAC, about the importance of voting. Ramirez Duarte was one of the first arrivals to the Democratic Watch Party, which was held in the Hyatt Regency Hotel in downtown Dallas on March 3rd. She said it was exciting to help others vote. I got a few people to vote today. A friend called me and told me, I'm on my way to vote. I was so excited about my first time to vote, she said. <clears throat> Governmental officials, candidates, party leaders, and volunteers were among those who gathered for the event. As the large screens flashed primary results for the various races, celebrants gathered to enjoy the food that was being served. Visitors arrived in a room filled with lively conversation and group photo sessions while Democratic candidates and Dallas County officials took the stage. In <laughs> I'll just explain. That's not an alarm or anything. It's silly Victor forgot to turn his phone on mute or off altogether. Okay. Have you lost your place now, Victor? Oh, do you I'm know up. where you are? Yes, I do. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> Vincent Leal, a Democratic Party advocate and former Richland student media contributor back in 2015, pointed to one hotly contested race. The GOP fight to capture Congressional District 32, held by Democrat Colin Alred. I hope to do all I can after tomorrow and then help him out. Texas 32 is an uphill battle, and he won that in 2018 because of Beto, Leal said referring to the former U.S. representative from El Paso who, supposed, who supported Alred during his campaign. Steve Irwin, student school teacher from the Richardson ISD, said that it was important for new young voters to participate. I think democracy is going to be dependent on people participating in the system. The more people that participate, the more the government will reflect the wishes of the people, Irwin said. Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins said Democrats should try to work to unify the party. He said the most important thing is getting out the vote. We may disagree on how we can get there, but there's not a tremendous amount of difference among these candidates. We're all going to come together, Jenkins said. Voting is a precious right. Our forefathers fought and died for that right. You may have people in your family who can't vote for whatever reason. Those of us who can vote owe it to those who cannot, Jenkins said. And Alex Ortorno, assistant editor, reported this article. Well, thank you very much. And on the bottom of that page, some more politics. 
Collins wins District 32 GOP primary to face Allred in the general election. And this is by Dave Freeman, staff writer. On a clear winter night in a nondescript shopping centre off Greenville Avenue in Dallas, Republican Party supporters and the media packed into a small storefront used as Genevieve Collins' campaign headquarters. There was a low roar of conversation in the room, but the overall mood was optimistic. Campaign staffers continuously checked the Super Tuesday polls for information about the GOP candidates leading the race to win the party's nomination for Congressional District 32, an area that stretches from the Park Cities north through Richardson, east to Garland and north to Wiley. A well-stocked open bar and selection of snacks were displayed across the back of the room, an area also encased by myriad tripods and broadcast equipment directed towards a small podium on the opposite wall. Collins' supporters mingled, while reporters interviewed campaign officials about one of the most heated primary races in Texas. Republicans hoped to take back the seat from Democrat Colin Allred, who beat long-term GOP incumbent Pete Sessions in 2018. Genevieve is the favourite in the District 32 race, and we're pretty confident in what we've seen so far tonight, said Kalita Johnson, Collins' campaign manager. I truly believe in what her campaign stands for, and she would represent as well in Congress, said Beth Bosch, a campaign volunteer. As the night progressed, the atmosphere remained low-key. Poll numbers trickled in as the Collins campaign gained a commanding lead. The candidate updated the crowd about delayed results from polling places around the state. Then, like everyone else in the room, she waited. I am an accomplished local businesswoman who will bring my expertise, my strong character and values, and my history of accomplishment. I will protect the Second Amendment and stand for pro-life. I will bring to Washington, I will bring that to Washington to represent the people of this district, Collins said. Collins won the primary later that night with 22,102 votes and 52.63% of the electorate. Her nearest competitor was Floyd McClendon, who had 24.16% of the vote. And again, that was Collins wins District 32 GOP primary to face Allred in the general election. Okay, and then continuing on with more political news. Brian Pham, staff writer, wrote this article titled, First Time Voter Makes a Difference for Democracy. As more students become eligible to vote, they must figure out how the election process works. Students often skip voting out of apathy or concern that their vote will not make a difference. I believe that voting is one of the most vital roles for citizens to fulfill in the most powerful way to express his or her political opinion. On Election Day, March 3rd, also known as Super Tuesday, I arrived at the LaCroix Center at Richland with a nervous feeling, not knowing what to expect as a first-time voter. 
As I walked into the building, I encountered long lines, perhaps the very first thing new voters might expect. As I joined the end of the line, I was told that I needed to check in first and receive a paper ballot in order to cast my vote. Volunteer workers guided me through the check-in process as I handed them my driver's license ID, filled in my address, and provided my signature. I was handed a ballot to hold on to until it was my turn to use one of the electric voting machines. As the voters waited patiently for an available booth, I passed the time watching some YouTube videos on my phone, making small talk, and playing games on my Nintendo Switch. About 25 minutes later, I finally reached the room with the electronic voting booths. There were two ballot boxes placed on opposite ends of the room for voters to submit their completed ballots. One box was designated for Democrats and the other for Republicans. As I stood in line, I noticed that the majority of the voters in front of me submitted their ballot into the Democratic box, while only one voter placed his ballot in the Republican box. When a booth became available, I placed my ballot into the machine. The screen displayed my political party preference, followed by the candidates running in their respective races. After selecting my candidates, the ballot displayed 10 party propositions and allowed me to respond with yes or no. When I finished voting, the machine returned my ballot with marks printed on it. I placed my ballot in the appropriate party box and received my I Voted sticker on the way out the door. As I walked out of the building, I felt a sense of confidence all afternoon knowing that my opinion was not only heard, but also put into action. And this is a great story written by Brian Pham, staff writer for the Richland Chronicle, and it's titled, First Time Voter Makes a Difference for Democracy. And I'm, I must say, I um, became a citizen late, only about 10 years ago or so, and it was a thrill to vote for the first time because when I left the UK, I was too young to vote. Oh, okay. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it still gives me a little bit of a kick. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So now we move on to page six, which is campus news. Looking for work? Job fair is coming. And this is by Joyce Jackson, copy editor. Those who are looking for a job may want to attend the Richland College Spring Job Fair, sponsored by Career Services. It will be held from 9am to 1pm on March the 25th in El Paso Hall. It's free and open to students, former students and the community. Stan Katz is a senior career planning specialist with Career Services. I usually have between 50 and 60 companies. 64 companies have signed up so far this time. There are a lot of job openings, Katz said. He added that the job market is strong and the economy is doing well. This is probably the lowest unemployment rate in Texas in a long, long time, he said. The job fair will include opportunities for both part-time and full-time employment. A complete list of participating companies is available in advance through Career Services in El Paso Hall, room E090A. Some companies may hire students before they graduate, while others will require a degree. 
Katz reminded those applying to bring several copies of their resumes. Career services can help them with a resume if they need help, Katz said. It's all free. Job seekers at the job fairs should dress workforce casual. For men, that means a sport shirt or khakis. You don't need a coat and tie any more, he said. For women, wear preferably a dress if you have one. Dark colours are usually good, such as grey or black, or nice slacks. Kat said career services can help with interview skills and has a clothes closet for men and women. If they don't have anything professional, they can come in here and we can help them with that. They can keep the clothes. They're free, he said. Job seekers should not ask about salary at the job fair. Katz recommends asking about the position and the hours. Katz said that customer service-related fields are in demand now. It might be face-to-face or phone banks, perhaps for people who call to find out about their insurance policy. There will also be positions available in the medical fields. Career Services has has much to offer students in their search for work-related issues, including career assessments. If a student is not sure of what they want to study or major in, they can take a career assessment, Kat said. Once they do that, staff will sit down and go over it with the student to help them figure things out. Story continues with participating companies online at richlandstudentmedia.com. And again, the title was Looking for Work, Job Fair is Coming by Joyce Jackson, copy editor. (coughs) So, Victor, what's next for you? Okay, we're going to switch over gears to sports. And T-Ducks go to nationals. M. Daniel Mabega Nadumu, sports photo editor and writer, wrote this article. The Richland's men's basketball team is on its way to the national championship tournament. Despite losing the Dallas Athletic Conference final game against Eastfield, the T-Ducks advanced to the National Junior College Athletic Association games in Rochester, Minnesota. For the first time, the team that advanced to the finals was selected by lottery. After winning the draw on March 5th, the Thunder Ducks were anxious to see who they were going to face in their first game of the national championship. Richland was ranked fifth in the nation. They will take on Rhode Island College, ranked 12th, on March 11th at 3 p.m. at the Rochester Regional Sports Center. The process was really new to us because this is the first year they did the at-large bid. Last year, we won our conference final to qualify for the national championship said point guard Javon Modester. Me, the team, and the coach had high hopes to get selected, said Modester. As we heard our name, we were thankful to earn a chance to redeem ourselves from last year, to make a statement and make history, Modester said. Personally, I am making sure I am in game-ready condition after not playing for three weeks. As a team, we have been competitive training sessions to make our games easier, Modester said. The Richland versus Rhode Island game can be viewed online at njcaa.org sports 
slash mbkh slash index. And again, that's Daniel Mabega Nadumu wrote this article titled, T-Ducks Go to Nationals. And there's a great picture here, photo by Nadumu. Uh, number 11, Francis Doe going up for a jump shot against some Eastfield defenders. Uh, pretty, He captured a great shot there. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. If you hadn't mm-hmm. mentioned it, I was going to to say take a peek on page 7. Yes, it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love basketball, actually. So oh, yeah. good for T-Ducks and basketball. Mm-hmm. And on the same page, T-Ducks win some, lose some, but never give up. And this is the baseball team. It's by Adina Ramirez, staff writer. The Richland Thunderducks baseball team are having trouble with consistency this season. Their series with the Cedar Valley Suns stood at 1-1 one and one at press time, with the final game in the series slated for March the 7th. That must be a typo. We've already gone past March the 7th, haven't we? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't notice that when I was proofing it. Sorry. Um, the Suns hit the T-Ducks for four runs early. The T-Ducks tried to retaliate but only added one run. In the third and fourth inning, the Suns continued to score consistently. By the end of the fourth, the score was 8-1. Heading into the fifth inning, the Suns maintained their momentum, adding one run. The Thunderducks woke up in the bottom of the fifth, adding two runs. Unfortunately, it didn't last. The Suns scored another run in the sixth and two in the eighth, bringing the score to 12-3. In the ninth, the Thunderducks tried to come back but faltered. They got another run, but the game ended 12-4. The T-Ducks would not quit, though. They roared back in the March the 6th game to beat the Suns 12-5. The third game was to have been played Monday to determine who would win the series. Their two-game series against the Complete Showcase Postgrad Program, TCS, on March the 2nd also ended with uneven results. The T-Ducks lost the first match 16-3, but they redeemed themselves in the second game 2-1. The first game was very bad. Second game was much better, pitcher Dawson Grosch said. The superstitious Thunderducks blamed the first loss on it being their first Monday game. In the series that started on February the 26th, the T-Ducks had a rough start against the Mountain View Lions. Despite fighting to catch up, the game ended 14-5 with the team making changes to their strategy. The entire game felt really bad because we played very bad, but the end showed that we could handle adversity and that we handled it well and that we're able to come back, Grosch said. The T-Ducks were motivated to even the score in the second game. By the sixth inning, they were ten runs up. In the seventh, the T-Ducks added five more runs and four more in the eighth, ending the game 19-6. to Way go T-Ducks for that score. We just felt disrespected like they weren't even supposed to play on the field with us, pitcher Kyle Higgins said. We're better than them, so we just wanted to show them they didn't deserve to be on the field. 
In the third game, the T-Ducks scored three runs quickly. In the bottom of the first, the Lions put one up. The same happened in the second inning. Then the T-Ducks called on Kyle Higgins to pitch. Higgins pitched five innings and shut out the Lions for the rest of the game. The T-Ducks took the series with a 15-2 win. It felt good to get out there and help the team win because I know if I go out there, I feel like I can help us win games, Higgins said. I think we play better when we play better teams. At press time, there was still one game left in the series against Cedar Valley, which was to determine the series' outcome. I think we can beat anybody we play. We have the talent to compete. I think we should win it, Higgins said. And that great attitude wound up the T-Ducks win some, lose some, but never give up by Adina Ramirez, staff writer. And so now we're closing out with upcoming events on page 7. Uh, today, March the 10th, 9.30 to 3.30 p.m., free HIV testing at the LaCroix Center. 11.30 to 1.30 p.m., North Texas Mobile Food Pantry in the East Breezeway. 12.30 to 1.30 p.m., Richland Percussion Group and Steel Bands in Fannin Performance Hall F102. Tomorrow, March the 11th, Wednesday, noon to 1 p.m., Richland Big Band Jazz Ensemble pre-spring break concert, cafeteria stage El Paso Hall, and also tomorrow from 3 to 5, international film series Fatima. That's a 2015 French and Arabic film in Sabine Hall, SH118. 11 to noon today, uh, tomorrow, Richland Guitar Ensemble in the Cafeteria Stage, El Paso Hall. And on Thursday, March the 12th, 2 to 3 p.m., WIN, Women's Initiative Network, How to Present Yourself in Thunderduck Hall, T222. And here's some news you might like. Next week, March the 16th to the 22nd, the campus is closed for spring break. <laughs> and on the very last page, eight, in, it says, enjoy the spring break. Great artwork um, from Richland Student Media. Assignment meetings every Monday and Wednesday at 2 p.m. in El Paso Hall, E020. So this concludes the audio edition of the Richland Chronicle for March the 10th, 2020. The audio edition of the Chronicle is available in podcast at richlandstudentmedia.com. Your readers today were Victor Carter. I'm Alison Doherty. Mike Sokolsky is the engineer. So enjoy your spring break and thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.